0: That's right, you're listening to Money Fm eighty-nine point three, and it's now time for market view where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day. The biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares edged up this morning amid earnings reports. In early trade, the Straits Times index was up 0.2% to 3,135 points after some sixty-two million securities changed hands in the broader market. The numbers on The SJX still firming up, but let's take you through what we have on our screens. The Straits Times Index currently up 0.19%, looking at 3,135 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 945 million SING dollars. Gainers, outnumbered losers, 313 versus 237. Top 5 movers by value we have here, DBS, OCBC, SINGTEL, UOB and Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding SING dollars. Heavily Traded securities included Trim and Capital World. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel, the telco, posting their a net profit of 2.1 billion Sing dollars for the first half ended September, and this is... 82.6% higher than what's seen in the same period last year. Now, Elsewhere, from more on Starhub to Food Empire Holdings earnings to Fed Chair drone pass set to speak tomorrow, more corporate and international headlines in focus today. Joining me on the line is Terence Wong, CEO of Asher Capital. Terence, welcome.
1: Hey, Tian Hi, hi.
0: Great to have you. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the SJF fare today? Any surprises when it comes to Singtel versus Starhub when it comes to earnings?
1: Well, um, what happened today is very much like uh, what happened for this week. You know, it started off very, very strong, uh, the, mm. just like the first two days of the the week. You saw we saw solid gains, right? Um, and then it started to go lower yesterday. So for today, the first half or the first couple of hours, we saw it uh, go up, try to you know move towards the 3,200 mark, uh, but then it sort of like fizzled towards the latter part of the day. On Singtel, parent weakness uh, sort of like took consensus by surprise. Um, I I think it's the we're talking about the weak uh, enterprise performance uh, in Singapore. Mm. The net finance costs were also like jumped by about 46% year on year, which uh, dented profits uh, as well. The saving grace for Singtel, really, I think is the interim dividend. Uh, They announced a 13% increase to 5.2 cents, uh, that's pretty much in line with the guided payout. And, and there's also a cost-cutting, cost-cutting target of $200 million, uh between 20, uh, 2023 and 2026, which I think is pretty much welcomed by the market. So for StarHub, uh general earnings was, I think, uh, just above uh, market expectations on stronger service revenue. Uh, that's led by mobile and entertainment side uh it reaffirmed uh twenty twenty three uh, service revenue growth guidance of i think uh, what three five percent
0: uh
1: that uh, but but I think the, all this will be priced, pretty much
0: priced in the market. Right. And speaking of Singtel, let's talk a bit about that subsidiary Optus, right? Facing some headwinds, Australian government launching an investigation into this nationwide outage by that subsidiary. How significant is this for Singtel's shares in the near term? Any longer term implications though?
1: Wait, I see what's happening in Optus and it looks very, very painful. Yeah. Uh, immediate near term reaction, of course, will be this knee jerk. A reaction we saw in Singtao's share price, uh, that's, that was down almost 5%. Uh, for longer term implications, believe that there will be, whatever it is, I mean, there will be some lingering concerns regarding Optus, especially since, I mean, like 14 months ago, yeah. uh, it was hit by one of uh, Australia's biggest cyber breaches,
0: mm. uh,
1: and which to date has not really uh, given an account, I mean, Optus has not really given an account, full account of what has happened, Right. Um, and these incidents, I think, would have hurt uh, Optus' corporate image. Uh, If you look at brand finance, uh, which reports on the ups and downs of uh, some of Australia's best-known companies, Uh, Optus suffered a $1.2 billion uh, blow to its brand image, Uh, and it plunged 27 spots uh, from its brand strength index. Uh, It was a high of 14th, and now it's a low of 41st in 2022. So um, there is lots of room for... I think opt to provide clarity and immediate action plans to stakeholders. I I think they need to be open to what they want to do. Whatever has, is done is done. I mean, whatever has happened is done, yeah. done for already, right? So they really need to move ahead and, uh, you know, like to tell the markets that, you know, to tell the market that, you know, this will not happen again and the moves that they are making.
0: Right, in the meantime, uh, lots of earnings out of Singapore, Terrence. We've got a whole list, but let's just take a look at instant coffee manufacturer Food Empire Holdings posting a thirty point six percent decline in net profit to about fifteen million U.S. dollar for third quarter. Uh, how would you read into this?
1: Well, Food, food Empire um, during the Russian Ukraine war, well, the start onset of it, uh, people were very very worried because that was uh, these were two of the largest markets. For food empire, I think it accounts for not for 60% of total revenue, but it seemed to have like made a quite a impressive comeback. In fact, uh, during uh, the war, they actually like eat up better uh, margins. And and if you look at the numbers for third quarter, it may look you know terrible, like gone down by 30%. But if mm. you go a little bit deeper, you realize that hey, it's not that bad. And that is why I believe the share price. Uh, have not reacted negatively to the 30% fall. So a couple of reasons. Mm. I mean, if you look at the 30% decline net profit like you mentioned, um, it makes up about 80% already of the full-year earnings. We are talking about third quarter, uh, 30% down, but because the first two quarters were really very strong, it really made up 80%. So that's pretty much on track for Mm. uh, consensus numbers. Uh, And if you dig a little bit deeper, uh, the numbers are because of Forex. So, Mm. forex uh, losses of 1.4 million US, if you add that back up, uh, excluding all these forex losses, net profit will actually have been higher at US $43, $44 million. Mm. And on the top line, uh, we see higher unit volume sold Mm. and the higher average selling prices. So, for the nine uh, months in 2023, the gross profit margins actually improved by 5.6%. Uh, which is positive, and the cash holdings for the company is also very, very healthy at over uh, US 115 million dollars
0: mm And let's take a look, uh, Terence, at Yoma Strategic. H1 Financials improved slightly. At the same time, we have another company as well, Capital Land Investment, 3% drop in revenue to around $2 billion. Um, which one stood out to you so far?
1: Well, both very, very different animals. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have Yoma, I mean, which did, I, I, I believe Yoma did well. Right, I mean, in the face of all the issues that's happening in Myanmar. But it's, after all, a Myanmar place. So, yes. uh, I believe investors would slap a discount on them. Uh, the strategy, YOMA strategic, uh, let me take a look at the numbers. Revenue going up 173%, bottom line, up uh, by 118% for six months, 2023. Uh, contributed by land development and its f and units. See, that the numbers are... Great uh versus capital land investments, uh three percent decline. But it is uh they don't have any profit numbers for capital land this round because mm. it is just an update. Uh so if you ask me, uh investors with uh more like who are more aggressive uh, may and because it's a small counter, right? The the propensity to run I think is more significant than, than say a capital investment. But uh I believe that you know if You are just tending towards the to be a safe investor. Then Capital Land. If you were to force me in the corner, these two stocks,
0: Hmm. these two
1: property developers in two different geographies, I would definitely pick Capital Land.
0: Hmm. And before we talk about uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell, um, Terence, I do want to talk about Disney. Posted better than expected four Q earnings, said it will seek another two billion US dollars in cost savings. How would you read into this?
1: Oh, what Disney? I think is an amazing company. I mean, it's uh, behemoth. Look, look at the size of it all. And it continues to do uh, well. I mean, if you look at the bottom line, uh, the EPS numbers, it may seem like, oh, it's very pedestrian, the, the growth. Uh, but again, if you de- uh, strip out some of these uh, exceptional items, the adjusted EPS for Q4 actually saw over 100%. So it did well. And some of the, the business, I think, really stood out. The streaming business, for example, Disney+, Plus, jumped by nearly $7 million. Subscribers in, in fourth quarter, and uh, it has been expanding its content, its library, right? The the galaxy, the, the content actually expanded with hits like Elemental, Little Mermaid, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Uh, and and the ESPN site uh, is also doing is, is also doing uh, scoring with increased revenue and operating uh, income. Uh, but uh, if you look at the parks, that's the mm. real traditional business. debt. Yes. Uh, it has, uh, has also like short up operating income also short over 30% in the fourth quarter and it has pretty much i think navigated the wage inflation uh and of course it helps that it is uh, the end towards the end of the 50th anniversary celebration so uh, there's a lot of pomp up there but uh, if you look at what's going to happen you know, in the year or two to come, uh, because of these cost savings, uh, we are seeing we are going to see a significant growth in free cash flow mm. in 2024, and that's going to be probably the same level as pre-pandemic highs, uh, on the back of uh, very very strong, or and on the back of not very very strong, but on the back of uh, decent growth from uh, from a few units like uh, streaming, uh, mm. ESPN, digital sports, uh, studio. Uh, as, as well as the parks and experiences segment. I think all these uh, segments is firing on uh, many cylinders right mm. now. For this,
0: Right, and before we let you go, Terence, you mentioned about inflation and Fetch Air Drone Pass set to speak at about 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Will he give us any clues on what's next? I know it's a bit of a crystal ball here.
1: Mm. I, I, I don't think that uh, it's going to be anything out of the norm. Yeah, uh, I, I I do. Of course, a lot of people are looking for clues uh, regarding the U- U.S. economy. But uh, like I said, uh, I think it's going to be a non-event. It's expected that you know, uh, power will reiterate the strength of the economy, uh, prevailing uh, inflation levels, which is still not where he wants it to be, uh, and the need to maintain uh, this very, uh, this relatively restrictive policy rate. Uh, so I believe the higher for longer sentiment that is likely to be emphasised.
0: Right, I guess it's really a wait and see game looking at indicators, economic indicators out as well. Thanks a lot, Terrence. That was Terrence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.